0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit boattrader.com to get started.
1: So uh, immediately I see a big-bodied deer. So my my and I know it's a buck. My first reaction is this is a shooter. So I'm already like instinctively I'm already reaching for my bow, but then I'm looking at his rack and I'm like, this this deer is not proportionate. This is a tiny rack, and all of his tines were only about that tall.
0: Oh, you got her, dude. She's down. Let's go. Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime.
2: Freaking smoked him.
1: One with nature, and if you're a believer, one with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. Fall Obsession Podcast. Alright everybody, welcome back to another Fall Obsession podcast episode i'm sam your podcast host this week our podcast is driven by ridge rock hunt company and i'll talk more about them uh later at the end of our episode we are in deer camp this week here on texas dirt i'm podcasting uh this afternoon with my dad mark welcome back thank you hello fall obsession nation good to be back with you yeah always a good time to sit in deer camp and and hang out if you guys are watching the podcast video obviously it's a different look like it always is for us, it seems like, on our podcast, but um, we're virtual here. We don't have our our big mics, our big setup. We're using the lapels, so hopefully the audio and everything's good for you guys. But I wanted to come to you all and kind of talk about an update just on the season where we just started rifle season here in Texas yesterday, and uh, bow season has been open for a little over a month now. So we're we're well into the year and and kicking off the general season and wanted to kind of give you guys an update. I know we got some episodes in the editing room from our Texas dirt series that'll show you guys kind of where we're at right now on this property in video form. But we've talked me and Nick have talked bits and pieces about what we're doing out here, but we've never actually sat down and, and gone through in depth everything that we've done to try and improve this property and And prepare ourselves for year two to make year two better than year number one was. Because Mm -hmm. last year was for returning followers, returning viewers, as they know, last year was limited on setups. You saw me hunt the same stand (laughs) episode after episode after episode. Plenty of deer to see for sure, but um, probably should have taken some bucks that I passed on. But we won't talk about that part. (laughs) But we've we've done a lot of work out here this mm-hmm. year to to add some setups. We we've had some some challenges. The cows have proven difficult over the summer and everything, and right. made for some work days where we just felt like we were repeating our work just about. But mm-hmm. here we are. General season is open, and we're off and running with it. Mm-hmm. So, where uh, where are you at right now with kind of your head out here and? your mentality as far as the setups we have, the opportunities we have, um, and some of the dynamics that have changed.
2: Well, I think um, last year, as Sam said, we hunted the same stands and I had one, one stand to hunt. So every, every time I'm out here hunting the same stand. So we've added some stands, more than doubled our stands that we had, mm-hmm. uh, which gives us a new look and new options. I know uh, we're going at the evening to hunt in a little while here. And um, because of the way the wind's blowing today, we have an option now. We, we it's not just going to only stand. We have we have an option that the wind's going to bust us on these two stands, so we're not going to hunt those. You know, we're going to hunt something different. So, I think the options like that are have been are, are greatly increased, and I'm glad for that. It's nice to look something. I'll be looking something brand new tonight that I hadn't looked at before. Yeah, uh, which is good and bad. I mean, you, you, it's 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 bad in the sense that when you've been out there. You see, you know, everything's, you know, you know, the setup and what's out in the landscape. And if something's different, just like a deer, you'll notice it. So uh, the good thing is hopefully we have some uh, opportunity. I know this morning I saw one uh, deer at first light, just barely could make it out and it was gone. And I don't know if it was a buck or doe, but I know I'm on the um, south end of the property. And and for those who don't know, we have about 800 acres out here Mm -hmm. that we're hunting. Um, so there's a north end and a south end, and most of the the bow hunting goes up in, in the uh, in the north. No, in so, the south in the south end. south end, and we have some some gun gun um, setups up, set setups on, on the other side of the property. So, uh, but you've been seeing lots of hogs, and I know you killed a hog last night. We'll talk about that later. But you've been seeing hogs and deer, and I've seen a few deer. But uh, I'm gonna hunt more toward the south end tonight, just because like that's where the density of animals
1: are yeah and and it's it's interesting right now just because we've we've the numbers of deer we've seen and when i talk about we've seen we're talking about on our spy point cameras that we're watching these deer on for the most part um obviously that only covers a select area that you're looking at right there but um we've seen a lot of does earlier in the year we had some decent bucks on camera and then it seemed like when the cows came through and just almost all at once wrecked out a bunch of setups. That's when the bucks kind of fell back Mm -hmm. and simultaneously close to the same time, the drought that we were in somewhat ended, um, which, which it's also kind of interesting, the dynamics hunting after a drought, like, like we've had, because I know we've, we've talked about putting food plots and stuff out here and that kind of stuff. But you're after like this year, wouldn't have stood a chance it a waste of money. Yeah. Been a waste of money. So that being said, you know, we had to continue to do the whole feeders and corn and, and everything like that, which the mature bucks, we were seeing them move and respond to those like in July and August, they were responding to those feeders. They were coming in regularly. Mm-hmm. It was a reliable food source because of the drought. But as soon as we got rain relatively simultaneous to the cows, tearing everything up, the mature Bucks were out of there, and all we were seeing were does and maybe a young buck every now and then. Mm-hmm. Now that we're uh, we're transitioning into later fall, the rut is starting to maybe kind of kick in a little bit. I know you and I haven't witnessed any activity yet. Um, Nick's dad, Robbie, was out here opening weekend with us. He yeah, let, Well, yesterday. Yeah, let, yesterday he witnessed a, a couple couple scenarios of some rut-like activity from some of his stands
2: and we talked to a guy when we were in we were in a big box store buying some supplies today and yeah he was buying steaks because there was some wind out here and he said my, my blind got blown over and we got to talking to him in the, in the aisle of this big box store and ask him about uh, what he had seen and he mentioned that they
1: were chasing yeah he the rut, rut was ha- happening where he is out here yeah he owns the property not too far from us it seems like and yeah he said that he had seen some activity. So it, it, the rut's starting to kick in. It's still warm, warmer than I would like for this time of year. But, um, you know, I know Robbie's been talking about some more mature deer that he started seeing. And then I had an encounter yesterday with the deer that needs to be shot. And our, our Texas dirt followers are probably like, please don't pass on another buck. Please don't pass on another buck. <laughs> but um, not a quality, but. Th- this was not a, this was not a greed thing for Sam in passing on, on this deer. I was hunting yesterday evening in my, in my bow blind, because that was where the wind was right for. And I was looking out the right-hand side of my blind, checking that window. And I looked back to my left and boom, there he is cruising. And he's already out in front of me at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my goodness, where'd that thing come from? what it look like? So immediately I see a big bodied deer. So my, my, and I know it's a buck. My first reaction is this is a shooter. So I'm already like instinctively, I'm already reaching for my bow, but then I'm looking at his rack and I'm like, this, this deer is not proportionate. This is a tiny rack. And all of his tines were only about that tall. They're like, maybe the tallest time was six inches, Mm -hmm. like very short and stubby deer. And he's just cruising steady pace from left to right, about 20, 25 yards out from me. So I'm reaching for my bow. I'm trying to get the camera going all at the same time and get set and everything. And at one point he stops and he looks at me and that's when I see how wide he is. And he's right, like right at his ears in the split second that I saw, Mm -hmm. um, which in Texas is kind of how we judge not a mature deer but a legal deer because in our county we're in an antler restriction county which means that um, the mature deer that we kill has to have an inside spread of 13 inches or greater and if you're from not from this area and you're not familiar with that rule you're probably like well how in the world are you going to know if a deer is 13 inches inside spread obviously we don't have a tape measure out there we can't measure them before (laughs) we kill them but we do our best to judge by their ears Mm -hmm. because the state has basically come out and said, Hey, use their ears, the width of their ears as kind of your judgment. If they're at their ears or outside, then it's going to be more than 13 inches. It's like, okay, legal. And this buck is, was right there at the tips of his ears. So the whole time I'm, that just kind of stumped me because I had, you know, wanting to kill a legal deer. I had that moment of hesitation and like, uh, is he, is he wide enough for me to shoot? Right. Mm -hmm. And again, he turns his head and just goes right back to cruising and I'm trying to get the camera in in Texas dirt, you'll see, I got a small snippet of him on camera as he was walking away. But at this point, um, he's off to my right, which I'm a right-handed shooter. So for a bow, I'm he's past the point of me being able to turn to my right and Mm -hmm. actually draw and take a shot at this point. So he got a free pass. I would like to, again, not trying to be the greedy Sam from Texas mm-hmm. dirt, but I would like to have another look at this deer's inside spread before I make a call, not on if he's mature enough to shoot, to shoot. I have no doubt he's a mature deer and a cold buck that needs to be shot. I just want to make sure that he's a legal deer before mm-hmm. I take a shot at him. Mm-hmm. So but that was exciting to be able to see a buck like that. Cause I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't expecting it like right. turned around, startled me. We've been I've only seen does and small bucks all year so far. I've yet to see a mature deer. So to turn and to see that big of a body standing there is like 20 yards away. It's like, Oh my word, where'd that come from? Right. So. Right.
2: And Robbie's seen a lot of, you know, bucks. I mean, I saw what two or three yesterday, but they're, they're not legal here in Texas because the inside there, you know, the basket racks. So it's not 13 inches out. And, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, I saw like uh, yesterday, a full point come out about five o'clock, five 15 and, you know, just kind of milled around for a while and, you know, lots of shots on it, but not legal. So I'm going to, if I shoot him I'm going to pay a huge fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not trying to, not trying to be greedy or anything like that. I just, I want to make sure that we, I kill one illegal deer, but then I'm also, I've kind of had this, my mindset on, I want to see if the rut brings in, in any bucks that we haven't seen yet mm-hmm. just because, last year it did last year rut and somewhat post rut we started seeing bucks that we we hadn't seen before right. so i'm i'm hopeful to that's probably my best chance of getting a crack at a a, a nice buck this year right other than that i'm like if i see a cold buck like this and i can confirm that he's a legal deer there's no reason i shouldn't take a shot at him because it does seem like and nick and i've talked about this it does seem like we have a lot of cold bucks mm-hmm. out here this year a lot of seven and eight points that um are more mature, just not real big in the horns and mm. just need to be shot.
2: Yeah, so. I saw, I saw last night, uh, right, right at, uh, last light, I saw a deer come into my, in, 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 where I was hunting and I thought it was a doe. I mean, I thought it was a yearling. It was so short. I got to looking at it real close through my scope and it's, it's an eight point with a basket rack, but it's just a really small body deer. And I'm thinking, man, that's a call, you know, that's a cold buck, but it, you can't shoot it because it doesn't have the 13-inch spread. You'd be, you know, it's eight points, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you told me he was shorter than the T-post. Yeah. That uh, drew into the ground, and it's like, I've never seen one that small. Yeah. But obviously mature because he's got a nice, he's got a rack on him, and so. Yeah. Anyway.
1: The, uh, so tonight, you're, we've, we've added these setups. Some of them have blinds on them. Some of them, we've built our own makeshift. Cover brush in, brush in a blind yeah, basically brush in blinds on them. Where what's the setup like that you're hunting tonight? Tonight, my setup
2: is it's a it's a built for an evening stand primarily, it's it's it faces uh east. Um, I'm probably what 60 yards, 65 yards out from the from the the food plot or from the feeder. The, the um, we brushed it in. Um, I've not hunted this place before, but this is where Todd killed his hog and you mm-hmm. killed a piglet. And you said you saw some does out there last time you hunted it.
1: I hunted, I've only hunted it twice. The morning, the time I hunted in the morning, there was, um, it was pouring down rain and I, I don't really, I don't really, I didn't see anything and I don't really chalk that up to there's no deer there. It was just, the weather was bad. Mm-hmm. And the other time that I hunted, it was an evening sit and it was right toward Last light, that five does came out of the mesquite thicket just north of the of the feeder. Right. I was bow hunting, so it's out of bow range. But mm-hmm. um, there there's definitely deer in that area for sure.
2: So we went in this afternoon. We went in and uh, uh, checked the feeder, make sure it's tightened up the the, the uh, wire around the around the feeder, and then made sure the feeder was full and or you know, had at least corn in it. And, mm-hmm. and I brushed in the blind, so I you know I'm, I'm camouflaged. So we'll see how that works. Like I said, it'll be something new. I've not hunted that stand. So I always look forward to hunting something brand new, you know, see what might happen. And like I said, on the, where I'm hunting on the South end, I'm not seeing much activity. So.
1: And one thing that I've definitely, when choosing my stands that I've had to kind of readjust back into, because like you mentioned last year, we both just had one stand. So that's where we hunted if we were out here. (laughs) It seemed like, I think once or twice last year, I went and found a little spot just some random place to brush myself in, just to look at something different, see if I saw anything. But um, so one thing I've had to readjust to is hunting the wind Mm -hmm. a lot, a lot more diligently. Um, Last time I was out here, I learned that the hard way, that if the wind at all is questionable in my ladder stand, that I shouldn't hunt it because Mm -hmm. I'm going to get winded. And then this morning I had reaffirmation of that because I was like, uh, it's it's going to be relatively calm down that bottom. The wind might be swirling a little bit. I'll give it a shot, and wind swirled, of course, blew the doe out of there before I could get a shot. So yeah. um, reaffirmed for me that only if I have a north wind can I hunt that ladder stand. So with the south southwest wind that we have this evening, it it's perfect. It, it's perfect for my bow blind that I hunted all yeah. of last year. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where I'll be back again and that, and again that's also where i realized that that blind is the only blind that i have that faces the south right all of the other stands that we have face north or east and that and well, except for yours yours faces south as well but,
2: well that'll hurt us in the in the winter because the wind comes out of the north primarily in the winter time so we'll be looking right into the wind and which will be good for the wind you know in our face but it'll be cold yeah well i mean when it's
1: freezing cold i might not want to be in a tree anyway <laughs>
2: yeah yeah well you hunted you hunted that um, ground bond last night what
1: happened there so i had that encounter with the buck that i just talked about and then it was i don't know 20 20 30 minutes after that buck came out that i saw a pig coming through the brush and stepped out in front of me and it was skunk <laughs> I named this pig Skunk after I started getting trail cam photos of him because he has these unique white stripes on either side of his face and that go down his body. It's just kind of a unique looking pig. Just a little 120 pound boar. Nothing, no hogzilla like last time. Yeah. But he uh, he came in and immediately, and I get trail cam pictures of this pig literally every single day. You got to it, especially when it's or even when it's raining. Yes, I have a picture of him when it's raining, just camped out, like laying down in a mud puddle underneath <laughs> the feeder. Just this pig won't leave. He eats, his mouth open. Yeah, he eats all the corn. Just <laughs> he, he's just he's a freeloader. Is all he is. So as soon as I saw him walking in, I was like, oh yes, I finally get a crack at this thing. And he came in, and he did not just beeline it to the feeder. Like he came in and he stopped and he he was looking straight ahead of him, which is to my left um, toward the feeder and he just stops and he looks. So I'm thinking, is there a deer or another pig or something else that's got attention? And I'm looking, I'm not seeing anything. And he's just far enough to the right that again, me being a right handed shooter, it's hard for me to adjust over that far. So I wait till he takes a few more steps and then I'm getting my bow. I'm getting set. I'm getting ready to draw back. And then he's just, he happens to stop again. And I'm like, all right, that's that's it. And the challenge is self filming. I, I I felt like yesterday after I didn't, I only got a snippet of the buck on camera. And then after this, I felt like I was a horrible producer yesterday for Texas Dirt. But um, I I like while that pig stands still, looking the other way, I'm getting the camera adjusted. I have it right on him. I have him in the frame. And then as soon as he started moving into my shot window, I completely forgot about the camera and he walked just outside the frame when I take the shot. So I didn't get the kill shot on camera, but, um, but you killed him. Yeah. Shot him. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm laying it all out there. I'm today. I'm, I I have another bad habit. And I told you this last night out there when blood trailing, Mm -hmm. where I will watch when I shoot an animal, the last place that they go in the woods, like every hunter is taught. And then I will, I will go and find blood. I'll go to the side of impact and I'll find a little bit of blood and I'll be like, Oh, I hit him. All right. I found my arrow. All right. Good blood. And I just take off into the woods to that last spot that I saw him. Well, I've also found that I'm apparently not the best at remembering (laughs) the last spot that I saw him. So I end up wasting about 15 minutes just wandering around the woods. (laughs) I did that with Hogzilla. I didn't have to do that with my doe because i watched her go down i knew where she was laying and then i did it with this this pig Mm -hmm. um so i ended up having to go back find blood found blood it was a pretty sparse blood trail for the first 30 40 yards and then it opened up it was easy after that and i found the pig of course not in the area that i thought it was and where I started my search. So I had to do better about just staying on the blood trail from the get go and not
2: getting excited. So. I know I sit there, I, I hoofed it into the main road and I texted Sam. I said, I'm at the junction here at the main road and he said, I'll be there a few minutes and I'm going half hour later I'm going, Okay, where is <laughs> Then I see your headlights coming down the road. It's like, oh here he comes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I uh he texted me that right after I had found him and I was like, I I'm not I'm not driving all the way back out there and then bringing Dad back here just yep. to get a 120 pound pig. I couldn't yep. drag this thing out by myself. It just it took a minute. So, <laughs> but we got it done. So, and
2: looking, you know, looking to the future. I mean, I know you've got a lot of new watchers, listeners to the podcast. You know, being since being on Carbon TV, and we appreciate that. Um, as you have said many times, and maybe they've heard you say it, but we're blue collar hunters, so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know everything we we uh, get we pay for, so we've got to save our money just like anybody else. You know yeah. to, whether to you know pay for the lease or to buy camel burlap or or whatever. But uh, I think you and I were talking as we were going to st- through stands today. You know about gosh, this whole area is not even hunted. There's there's 80 acres here northwest of us, 80 acres that are just heavy mesquite, and I bet there's things hiding in there or you know hunker down in there and. We've never, I, I've never walked back in there. So there are future places, even today on the, I said, they're on the north end of the property. I said, man, we, there's nothing hunting
1: right here. So th- this property, just over 800 acres, we currently, between us and Nick's family, we have eight stand setups on 800 acres. Mm-hmm. This, the way that this property is laid out and the, if we build it right, this place could easily sustain in my opinion, 15 stands, possibly 20, if if it was just right. But um, I'll start with, start with 12, 15. But it could easily sustain that. It just takes the work of like, you know, yes, there's 80 acres of mesquite thicket north of camp here. Right. Unhunted, untouched. Right. But you just got to go in there and make a path and right. put something up. Because, again, in Texas, like – it's not quite like some of these northern states where you have to hunt trails, you have to hunt junctions and stuff. You can do that here. Um, we are allowed to bait in Texas, which I know that's, you know, for some people they might not look at that as fair. But again, this is just the environment we hunt, and this is this is how hunting is down here. Right is is what it boils down to. It's not not a matter of us trying to be unfair to animals or anything. This is just how you hunt down right. here in Texas. Right. So for us. It's more of a mentality, and we learned this last year. I know I've said this before. We learned that if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. You know, we we spent a lot of time moving cameras around last year trying to figure out where the deer are, and right. we came to the conclusion the deer are everywhere. We just gotta put something in for them to make a hub and then to come to. Right. And every stand that we've put into so far has has shown that right. If you build it, they're gonna come to it. Yeah. So, but a lot of potential, a lot of unhunted areas. You know, we. I, probably a half dozen times today. Like you said, we were driving around and you'd ask me, you're like, where's that road go? You know, what, what's over there? I- All right,
2: that, uh, let's go look at that tree. We're going to put a camera on that. There's a, a taller tree that seems like it's
1: straight. Yeah. That, that's the other thing that I'm bummed about as a bow hunter. Cause I love being up in a tree I'll pick a tree stand over a ground blind any day, unless mm-hmm. it's pouring down rain on me. Right. And yeah, that, that's one thing I'm bummed about is I only have one tree stand. Cause that's the only tree that I have found that I can make a setup work with the terrain, the trails, the feeder placement, all that kind of stuff. So, Mm -hmm. um, you pointed that out, that tree, which it's taller than this short scrub brush we have, but we'll we'll check Check, it out it it, it may or may not work we'll we'll probably put a card pull camera just on that creek bed that it's on just to see if it's if there's Mm -hmm. any traffic that comes through that creek bed i imagine there probably is so Mm -hmm. and 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 again we also think putting up
2: something like a tripod or something Mm -hmm. up in air for even gun hunter uh, you know 10 foot up is going to be a great help you know to be up in the air and to be able to see longer later And I like uh, that north end of the property we're talking about that corner to put it on because
1: then you almost have a 360 uh, view. Yeah, there's one stand we have this we have the feeder up. You guys saw us on Texas Dirt put it up, Um, and we have since put one of those brush in blinds for bow hunting off of that feeder. It's only good for a north when you have a north wind. Right, Um, it's a north facing stand, but um behind it it kind of the hill goes up a little bit and there's mesquites and scrub brush right there but then probably 80 yards behind it there's a power line and if we can put a tripod in the basically in the corner in those mesquites off that power line you can look up and down the power line both ways there's a little clearing behind it and you can see down the hill into that feeder Mm -hmm. it'd be it has the potential to be be a good spot and I, I think in the future probably more tripods at least for the rifle hunting standpoint are in our future out here because these mesquite trees they're only 10 feet tall across the property you right. get up above them out a little ways put a feeder in cut a sh- couple shooting lanes and you're good to go mm-hmm. so and, and again
2: that's that's futuristically as we think about the, the days ahead and years ahead but that comes as you have make money to be able to do that. So
1: yeah, and to your point, with us being blue collar guys, you know we, yes, fall obsession has has partners and sponsors mostly in the gear standpoint and mm-hmm. the gear area. Um, we we are grateful for our partnership with Vaple. You know they they give us we run Vaple products out here on the on the Texas dirt property, and and we see results from them. So mm-hmm. we we do have that. But like you said. The other things, the feeders, the stands, the fuel to get out here, the deer corn that we bought today, you know, trail cameras. Yes. We, we love our spy points, but we're not sponsored by them, even though we pretty much exclusively use them out here. Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff is stuff that we've, we've paid for out of our own pocket. So we, we feel the pain of diesel prices going up. We feel the pain of deer corn being more expensive, almost double what it was two mm-hmm. years ago this time. So yeah. it's, yeah we're we're right there with the rest of everybody and just we're we're trying to make it work and like you said you know just the drought and then combined with the fact we'd be wasting money if we try to do food plots this year you know mm-hmm. that's why food plots didn't happen this year
2: and and we're you know being uh, we're we're just trying to fill our freezers I mean that's you yeah. know be honest about it we just try to
1: we we keep we, what well, we kill we eat so yeah yeah we're trying to trying to stack up the venison and everything and yeah, yeah fill our tags mm-hmm. so. I gotta get a new freezer, because <laughs> <laughs> the old one's bad. Went bad. Yeah, my my not because not uh, you, you just got so much to put in. It. No, we, we have two freezers, and one is supposed to be my uh, my my deer killing freezer, and the other is my wife's auxiliary freezer for all of her other things and
2: baking
1: yeah, all her baking stuff and everything. And the the chest freezer, which was my deer freezer, went out over the summer. So, thankfully, there was nothing in it. But I. Uh, Gotta get a new one now. Only got about room for one more deer before I need a new freezer. So, all right. But well, anything else you want to cover on uh, this place? Nah, that's about it. We're getting ready to go
2: hunting a little while here. Yeah, we'll be have, have a dual kill
1: tonight. Yeah, here in about forty forty five minutes or so, we'll be heading back out and getting ready to, like you said, hopefully double up tonight. So, for our listeners thank you all for listening. We wanted to just give you guys a little update from deer camp here from Texas dirt, um, kind of where we're at on this property. And again, go into some detail over some of our, how our mindsets have changed over a few things and, mm-hmm. um, encourage you guys to watch these upcoming episodes of Texas dirt that we're going to have rolling out here shortly, um, to get caught up on where we're at right now and also see with your own eyes some of the stuff that we're doing. And then we'll, we're also including our hunts in that series as well, or at least mine I'm self filming out here this year. So you'll get to see the, the hogzilla hunt uh, <laughs> will be the, the first one, I think in episode five or six or something like that. And I'll uh, be followed by my doe hunt and, and then my, my poor attempt at filming my, my pig hunt. Uh, hopefully I'm better on the camera tonight, but um, thank you guys for, for listening to the podcast, for watching the video, whatever you might be doing. If you have not already head on over to, uh, your social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, your Go Wild account, and follow Fall Obsession. Um, we are on all the major social media platforms like that and doing our best to post daily. Um, beneficial, educational, hunting quality hunting content for you guys. And again, we're an organization built up of blue-collar outdoors men and women, so um, the stuff you're going to see on there is relevant to you guys and where you hunt. Um, YouTube channel, go check it out. Um, we're posting weekly on there with multiple new new videos and everything. Um, trying to get that ramped up and stuff. Our podcast videos are on there, all of our media series, that kind of stuff. Whatever podcast app you're streaming on, be sure that you uh, follow and subscribe on there. We're on all major podcast streaming networks as well as Carbon TV and Waypoint TV. So be sure that you go check us out on there. Our Texas dirt series and our couch chat series are also on Carbon TV um, as video series on there. Um, FallObsession.com is our website. That's the hub. That's where you guys can go to find all of our content. We cover hundreds of different topics at this point in the hunting and outdoor industry. All of our media series are on there, our podcast, gear reviews, educational videos, and articles. Um, wild game recipes and more just go on there, explore, see if there's something that fits, fits y'all's needs, uh, pick up some apparel while you're there. I do have some, uh, some of our blackout hoodies and some beanies in stock right now, um, as the weather's turning cold. So be sure that you head over there and, uh, and check those out, pick you up some. And finally, Ridge Rock Hunt Company is the podcast partner, Derek and Lacey over there mm-hmm. in, uh, in Mississippi, They book hunts with vetted, trusted outfitters across the country. Derek takes a lot of pride in making sure that his clients are set up with the kind of experience that they're looking for with an outfitter that fits their time frame, their budget, all that good stuff. Give them a call. Just talk to them on the phone. Um, You'll feel like you've known them forever. Uh, After one conversation, he's just, they're they're good people over there and they'll take good care of you. So Ridge Rock Hunt Company. Go check him out. Be sure that you watch podcast video number one twenty three as well. He re- crocodile. Yeah, he recaps his alligator hunt with me, and then he goes and on the podcast video while we're recording, he goes and pulls out the head out of the freezer, <laughs> and it's the it's it's incredible to see the size of that thing. But then it's also just one of the one of the most funniest moments we've had on the podcast. It was really awesome. So go check out a uh, podcast video one twenty three. So. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening watching and we'll be back again next Monday as always for another Fall Obsession Podcast episode. Catch you then.
0: Pursuing Wild Game in Wild Places. Tune in to HuntStand presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.